Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app for free. Search for Nothing But Net. We're there every single day at 7 p.m. Also, my new show on OnsideRadio.com. Cover more than just the heat. That's every day from 10 to 12. Also, the, all the same podcast apps that you can find. Five on the Floor and FiveReasonsSports.com, where Brady Hawk has been posting his sad takeaways at the buzzer of basically every heat loss lately, but there will be some wins at some point. So check that out. No paywall five reasons, sports.com. Also the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network just came back from Tampa. Obviously the super bowl is happening Sunday. Everybody there is talking about whether the goat can get it done against the kid. I hate saying goat, but anyway, Brady and Mahomes going head to head. Everybody's talking about who's going to win, whether you're on the chiefs or the bucks for the game. Just remember where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I'm telling my friends to go to mybookie.ag. It's got all the props for the big game. They'll let you bet on anything, whether the length of the national anthem, the MVP or the color of the sports drink dumped on the winning coach. They've got all the chiefs bucks props for there for you to chew on. You can even win big on NFL squares. Don't miss out on the last game of the year in the NFL sign up at mybookie dot a g today use the promo code five on the floor spell it out f-i-v-e on the floor to have your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks that's a free cash bonus just for making your deposit use the promo code five on the floor spell it out to claim the offer bet win and get paid with my bookie again go to mybookie.ag. and now today's episode one two three four five on the floor welcome to five on the floor a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. The Miami Heat are now seven and 14 on the season after losing to the worst in the East, Washington Wizards. We said there was going to be a bottom at some point. They haven't hit it. So here's today's floor plan. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And, of course, I've got a guy who used to work down here in South Florida. He's now tying Vinny Goodwill, who was on with me two days ago, for the most appearances on this particular podcast. I have a feeling this one will be more, um, I don't know. What, what would you say, George? You and I going to go at it a little bit today? I don't want to go at it. I just feel like there's a lot of things that need to be um, discussed and a lot of things that just you guys need to come to grips with about this particular Miami Heat team. All right. You can follow him at Sedano. That's just Sedano. He's one name like Madonna. Uh, I, let's, I let's, mean, that's not a, that's a very dated reference at this stage. You could probably go with Beyonce. That would probably I'm, be I'm a very old person, George. Yes. I'm older than yeah. you. Uh, we, we may have daughters the same age, but uh, yeah, I'm ancient. All right. Let's let's get to it. <laughs> Um, I'm going to let you question us a little bit today, George, okay. Uh, okay. flip it on me and I, but I want to start here. What was your premise for this team before the season started? Because where they are now, 21 games in after all the COVID problems, after the injuries, chemistry seems to be falling apart, which was my concern that when you start piling up losses, even if there are good excuses for the losses, players start to lose confidence in themselves and in each other. And that appears to be what's happened. But what was your perception of this team coming off the bubble run to the finals only a couple months off, came back with virtually the same team with the exception, I guess, of three roster changes, Harkless, Bradley, and Achua in, uh, Crowder, DJJ, and Solomon Hill out. What did you think of them before? I thought they'd be around the five seed before the season, and I thought that that 
that would be fine for them. And I thought during the playoffs, they would be the Heat team that we expected them to be. The challenge to me was always going to be that the rest of the East got better. And look, I don't think Milwaukee is leaps and bounds better than they were before. As a matter of fact, you can make the case they're not even better than they were before. However, um, from a talent perspective, I think that they could be because I just think Drew is an upgrade over Bledsoe and George Hill. I don't love their depth as much, right? Uh, Philadelphia is better than they were last year just because they have, I'm going to try to put this nicely. They have an experienced championship caliber coach. Okay. I don't want to rip Brett Brown because I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good man. Um, and he had to deal with a lot of crap uh, while he was in Philly, but it's a different level of coaching, right? They also got shooters for those guys and beat and Simmons. And the last time they had shooters like multiple, those guys had a net rating of plus 18. <laughs> and I think that you're seeing kind of some of that manifest itself here. Now, obviously Brooklyn, once they made the Harden deal, to me, was the team I felt was going to come out of the Eastern Conference, even though they may not be the top team. I thought Boston was going to continue to ascend because their young players were going to continue to ascend. And then I had the Heat in there, right? But I thought come playoff time, yeah, they're going to be, the Heat that is, a tough out. They can beat any one of those teams. It wouldn't have surprised me. And then the COVID stuff happened. Sure, huge part of their problems, no question. However, and this is what happens on Twitter is that people – you know, read what they want to read, or they only get, you know, things parsed or small discussions within a larger discussion. What I've been saying for a long time and texting you about it too, Ethan, and even tweeting with you about it is that this team's habits have been poor on both sides of the ball for a long time. And this notion that when Jimmy Butler came back, that all those things were going to be remedied very quickly, I thought was silly. And that hasn't been the case because here's the thing prior to Jimmy coming back, Goran Dragic missed two games. Bam Adebayo missed two games. The way people portray it, at least on social media, most Heat fans is like they've been out as long as Jimmy, which just hasn't been the case. And yes, they've had to play the Gabe Vincents of the world and the Max Struces of the world and all oh, that. I get it. Tropical blanket. Um, but what I'm telling you is that's no excuse for how horrendous they have been throughout this season. They are not playing like a playoff team, okay, or a quality playoff type team. They're playing like a bottom feeder. And I don't care who's on the floor. Defensively, they shouldn't be having these kinds of issues where they're a bottom third defensive team. Like that is not the Miami Heat way, no matter who's been on the floor, regardless of the season, Okay. Granted, it's early, but it's not as early as it's been, uh, or it's not the season's not as long as it's been in the past. And this Eastern Conference is way different. Even the teams we thought were going to be bottom feeders are going to at least be competitive. This is the most competitive Eastern Conference we've seen in a very, very long time, dating back to, I think, the 90s. So I felt like that was a recipe for disaster for the heat if things didn't go well i also question why the heat have been struck by covid worse than any other team in the league including a washington team that sat out for a week um and i know that they played them and that probably is the genesis of all of that but it, it feels like that this team did not take this serious enough 
Now, I'm not saying organizationally. I'm talking about individual players. And I know that this virus can spread easier. There's variants of it. I get all the science. But there are variants in different parts of the country where NBA teams are playing. And I just feel like there's only 15 guys, man. Like, these guys and this, this, these teams, some of them are taking it more serious than others. And it feels like that is also evident as you see the way the season has played out. Because I mentioned Washington, right? Look at the Heat situation. Um, you know, there have been teams that have dealt with it. Maybe not for as long as the Heat have with Jimmy Butler specifically. But a team with Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic should not have lost five in a row. Okay? Particularly to some of the opponents they lost to. And that was my big point of contention. Uh, so, George, Ethan's over here texting me that he wants me to be combative with you and argue with you on this. And I agree with most of what you said there. But <laughs> but I will tell you, to- Ethan, playing carnival barker. Hey, and then you're, what, what is you're this? out there what trying is this? to... T- I- you know what? When I didn't put George on the text string with us, the idea, Alex, was not for you to tell him what I was texting you about. You know what? No, I understand. Go ahead. Skolnick. You've spent uh, you've spent a decade ripping Skip Bayless, and look at what you're doing, pulling now, strings. Now I'm flipping it into content, so I think it's a pro move by me. Yes. But, but uh, really, what I the only thing there that that I would, you know, kind of pick at is just the amount of games that uh, you know. There was too many like games where they were playing an eight-man rotation, nine-man rotation. So I think that's a little bit unfair to uh, to put it all on Bam and Goron. I, I love what Bam has done this season. I understand everybody's questioning his aggression, and I think we we can all kind of agree now that Bam is not the type of player yet where he's a one A or even a one B. And I say that in air quotes because he's not the type of guy who's going to give you twenty shots tonight or eighteen shots tonight, even when Jimmy was out. I think that's not his game. That's not his mentality to do that on a night-to-night basis he'll he'll give it to you once every few weeks but what you were saying before about this team they're not playing like a playoff team on either end of the floor you were talking about their defense they're they right now they have the 20th ranked defense and guess what the real problem here is the offense 26. no their offense is atrocious it's like bottom 26. five right yeah. they were a top seven offense last year like the story is they really got worse on, on on both ends and obviously a lot of that is again all the you know the missed games from their best player and like I said, a lot of games where they were really missing half the rotation. I understand. But even when the guys are playing, they're not playing well at all. And I think always, like, we, we've been optimistic because it's like, you know, they have the same core that they did last year. They added Avery. They have added Precious. They lost Jay. And, you know, you look at the names on the roster and you think, well, once the playoffs start, you kind of look at the matchups and you look at them and say they can beat most of these teams in the East, right? But they really haven't even shown that to you in the regular season at all yet. And I think that's where the disconnect is, like, they're not even playing together. They don't really, they don't have the attitude that, that morale wise, something is off, right? I think that there's something off in there that obviously we can't quantify, but there's holes all over the place. You talk about the rebounding, interior defense, point of attack defense, and now it's going to be even, you know, a bigger problem with Avery Bradley out for a month. They have to make, they have to make acquisitions now. And I, I really wasn't hurrying into that before, but I feel, it feels like that's where we're at now. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned acquisitions because I, I I was stunned, just stunned, floored at the amount of pushback that anyone was getting. But, you know, I was getting, but I, I wasn't alone on this. I know a lot of guys uh, who follow this team or are big fans of the team and they have big social media followings were all in on making a deal, whether that was for James Harden or whoever is disgruntled and was available. And there was this like line in the sand Okay, about Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. And I found that to be utterly laughable because Tyler Hero, the best 
case scenario is that he becomes what Bradley Beal is now, but yet that's going to take a while to get there. And Duncan Robinson, for as great as he was for this team last year, I feel like they, man, they can make another Duncan Robinson. They kind of sort of can do it a little bit with Max Struess, who's like diet Duncan Robinson. Now, granted, he's not, he doesn't have the length and all, and he's, he's not in the same shape per se as, uh, as Duncan is, you know, and, and not that Duncan is some great defender, but at least he's, he's capable, right. Uh, you know, to playing in a team concept, I think Struess certainly has a lot to be desired. there still left, but, um, those are the things that was also mind-boggling to me. These this line in the sand on Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, like there are these valuable pieces. And Ethan, I know I listened to your podcast, right? Like I've heard you say that they feel like that the franchise felt like those guys were untouchable. And look, mm-hmm. may, maybe they're they're exaggerating that a little bit, and or maybe it's also a case by case basis based on whoever it is that's available at that given moment. But if that's the case, if that is indeed the case. I, I don't know what to say because but George, I don't think that just to cut, I don't think that they were untouchable individually. Okay. I, I, I don't think in other words that you wouldn't trade Tyler Hero, You wouldn't trade Duncan Robinson. I, I think the issue was depending on the situation, the player, the cost, the future with that particular player, the age of that player, did it make sense to, and then also the shooting that you may need to still put around Jimmy and bam, until Bam becomes a plus, you know, long range shooter. And certainly Jimmy is not that is not going to be that at this stage that trading both of your shooters and the picks and the pick swaps and Achua and or Akpala and none, you know, to a lesser degree, that was too much. I, I don't think it was, you can't trade oh, hero or you no. can't trade Robinson. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? I know there's, no, I, I don't think individually no, no. they're wed to those guys That's- forever nonsense get out of here with that james harden is a top five six player in this league man and we're just gonna rehash the Harden thing (laughs) who also shoots threes you know what i mean like like that was i mean because well that was the alleged thing on the table right are you making okay if we're gonna if we're gonna relitigate the Harden, are you making that deal that was that that basically the heat walked away from the table i give them anything not named bam and jimmy anything they picks and the picks all the picks and pick swaps if you can get James to commit, you know what I'm saying? Beyond the two years, if you can at least get a handshake agreement on that. Yeah. I make that deal because Jimmy Butler guys, Jimmy Butler is not getting any younger. Okay. You have a timeline with him. So I think that's know, overstated. I think that, honestly, honestly, I think that's overstated George. And I'll tell you why. And I've been meaning to do a pot on this. So I, I, I did, I did it on onside radio. So I'm glad you brought it up. I, I think this whole thing of Jimmy's window and being 31, we're seeing guys perform at a high level into their mid thirties. He, you, you, people talk about his minutes. He's missed so many games over the course of each season that if you actually look at his total minutes over the past eight, nine years, it's not that significant. I mean, he, he's not, everybody looks at Tibbs, 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 but no, Jimmy, no, 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 no. Jimmy I, only I played agree. more than 72 games once, I believe. I, I, I agree with you on that. What I'm just talking about is the window to win a championship. Because I'll tell you this, I don't think anybody's beating the Lakers this year. Like, even unless Anthony Davis or LeBron gets hurt, I still don't think anyone's beating the Lakers this year. I think the Nets have a shot if they get really hot, right? 
but and, and the, Clippers, in the Clippers, huh? And the Clippers. Yeah. But but the Clippers, because of their they just match up well against the Lakers. It's not so much that because I think the Clippers also, as we saw against Brooklyn the other day, you know, they still got this kind of mental block at the end of games, I think, in a very big way. And they're gonna have to get over that. And I think Ty may be the coach to get them over that because I think Ty is a little more organized than Doc was, uh, at least last year. And I feel like Doc has also kind of re-engaged because he realizes maybe he was a little too loosey-goosey last year um, with things. So, you know, maybe Philly gives them a little bit of a run, but I, I don't, you know, I don't see them beating the Lakers. So if Miami wants to win a championship, which is what this is about, they're going to have to make a bold move, man. Like they can't just sit here and wait and hope that Bradley Beal wants out of Washington. Now, I do think, Bradley Beal will be out of Washington. I just think he doesn't want to create this fiasco that everyone else creates. Uh, I do think that eventually that will come, um, you know, to fruition. But does Miami have the best offer there too? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, unless he says, I want to go to Miami, which is something Pat always talks about. Uh, you know, what if Denver wants to get in the mix and they say, you can have Michael Porter Jr. Then what happens? Okay. So, uh, all right, so, so, so basically – your idea here was going for Harden essentially with everything because this team did need a shakeup like that. They did need a, a third yeah. guy and you weren't really willing to sit there and hope that Beal is finally going to make up his mind here. So, right. so let me ask, let me ask you this question. This is the position the team's in now they're seven and 14, but somehow they're less than they're four games out of the six spot in the East. Okay. Cause nobody's really right. Philly's playing at a high level, but nobody's really run away with the East. Okay. I'm with you that some of the bottom feeding teams in the East are better. Charlotte's better. New York is better. Cleveland's better. Uh, Atlanta, which we expected to be better is slightly better. So, so there's not the cushion there, but there's also a play in. So you really don't have to be one of the top 10 in the East. I put this on Twitter today, George, would you make an increment? I, obviously Beal at this point, you throw everything on the table. Okay. If he's available, but would you make an incremental move that could damage your future in some way just to salvage this season? And what is what, what do you how do you define incremental? Okay, well, Oladipo, if you're not guaranteed that he's going to resign, is incremental. Okay, you know, he wants um, to be here. Yeah, well, I, I think Oladipo is your floor in free agency next year. Actually, he may be the only thing available. In free so, would you wait? Would you wait? Um, I would make look if you can't get Bradley Beal, right? Because that's that's the one thing that's left out there in theory. Um, I mean, look, you don't have a full max slot if Oladipo commands it. So maybe you do have to think about that move. Um, I think, nice. honestly, I think, and I tweeted this to you yesterday. Sorry, Alex, I'll let you go here in a second. Um, I tweeted this to you. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before. I would make a move for like a Thaddeus Young. I think Thaddeus Young makes all the sense in the world. Thaddeus Young is, is a bigger, more versatile version of Jay Crowder. Okay. Um, he's a better passer. He's a better ball handler. He's a better defender. I think he's longer. He's bigger. Um, I actually think he's the perfect four to play with Bam. Um, you know, he's not a great shooter, but neither was Jay Crowder. <laughs> so I, I think that you can still make that kind of move potentially. Um, it, and, and I think that would help them a lot. Um, I, I just don't know. You know, I think Chicago is going to part with him, but you know, if Miami, Miami has to weigh its options, right? Like, do you stay flexible for Beal because you, you don't want to be trading picks for a guy like Thad Young? If Beal's on the market, it, it is going to be 
a, a bit of a game of chicken there when it comes to some of that stuff. And I think that's interesting. Like we've kind of gone over some of these possible names and, and we, we mentioned that young, they've used him in an interesting way in Chicago where they're using him as kind of like a playmaker. They'll play him next to Lowry marketing and they'll have Lowry in the corners and they'll have that young kind of playing the short role, you know, the Draymond and, you know, mm-hmm. his assists have gone up this season. And I agree with everything you said about him. He's kind of an upgrade over Jay in every way, except the shooting, just because he doesn't want to put him up as much, right? Like, I think I was looking at his attempts, and they've kind of been hovering around three a game. Yeah. And whereas Jay but, was but last up year, like seven or eight but, last year. Right, but Alex, year. last last year, he was taking about three or four a game, and he shot 36%. Like, you'd take that right now, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that's something that you, you wouldn't have to trade anything, uh, you know, of too much value to get. A guy like Lonzo Ball, maybe you wouldn't have to trade anything uh, about it again. Oh, I, I disagree there. I, I disagree maybe. with the Lonzo Ball thing. Maybe they got to give up Duncan or something Dave, like David that. Griff, David Griffin is not just giving away Lonzo Ball. I can tell you that with 100% assurance. But I'm saying, like, could you get guys without giving up Hero and Duncan? I think that might be a possibility. Well, maybe, now. yes. You can get Thaddeus Young without having to give up those guys, yes. I'm at the point now uh, that I think they need multiple guys, multiple two-way rotation players that they need to add because I just think the balance is completely off as far as having two-way players. They don't have a lot of them, right? And I think Agreed. they have. They need to add guys who are plus defenders. I think Dad Young is a nice one. I think Lonzo will be cool. I don't, I don't know if that's realistic. I think obviously the one that everybody talks about, and I've been hammering home over and over in an ideal world, Depot and Tucker. It's just really – they fit the bill so perfectly for what the Heat need. On defense, Depot does what they need. They got another, you know, Depot is another creator, scorer, uh, a, a ceiling raiser for a team that wouldn't need him to be a, a one or even a two option, right? They would Everything for him would be gravy for the Heat. And as yeah, far as I, PJ, that's exactly what they need. And it's just, it's sitting right there. It doesn't feel like Houston's going to re-sign those guys. And I just feel like, do what you can to make that happen. I think the thing with PJ Tucker that would have, that would make me a little afraid, right. Is 36 years old. There's a lot of mileage there. Okay. Um, I mean, all the depot, I make that move all day. I actually, I, I advocated to make that move before the season started. That because, was probably the best time to do it because I, there was still an unknown at how he was going to look. And I, I thought that it was worth the risk because you could then go over the cap for him because you'd have his bird rights at that point. So I I believe that's the case. So that to me was the move to make because at that time it probably wouldn't have cost you as much, maybe a first rounder and, you know, some pieces to make the the money work. And it's, I think it's worth the gamble uh, in that situation. And they chose not to do that. Um, But the PJ Tucker part to me, even though he's playing well, um, I, I just worry at eventually he's going to break down. You know what I mean? Like I, I do think I don't, I'm hopeful that it's not now, right? Because I, I like him a lot. He's a good dude. But that body has been through a lot over the last several years, particularly because he's had to play way out of position uh, against much bigger guys. Okay, so a lot to unpack there. I, I'm with you on Oladipo in this sense, and I know that Alex was was a big advocate of making that move also. It, it felt to me like there were really two issues there. And they kind of wanted to see him prove it, right? The first issue was the injury stuff. Was he going to be 100% back? He didn't. He was sort of getting there in the bubble, but wasn't totally there. But the thing that, that alienated them was the attitude stuff. Like, they were not impressed with him basically, you know, openly coveting a spot on their team. You would think they would be, but they, they, it, it didn't play well with them. Um, but let, let me ask you this, guys, uh, to both of you. 
because the Tucker Oladipo move seems like the kind of move that could push you forward, may not cost you that much, not as much, obviously, as Harden would have cost you. And then it sort of gives you, again, an opportunity to evaluate Oladipo this season, decide if you think he could be your quote-unquote third star. But if they don't, it's a chicken or the egg thing. There is something, I agree with Alex, there's something wrong in that locker room right now. I, I don't, I, I can't pinpoint it because we, I was talking to Ira about this when he was on onside radio. It's just a different experience. We're not in the locker room. You can't like, even right. when a, like a play blows up at the end of the game where like everybody's talking to Jimmy and like, you could ask Iguodala like on the side or, you know, in the old days of Shane Batty, like what happened there? We can't ask any of that. We're on zoom calls, right? <laughs> it's not, you know, it, it, and the team's monitoring. You, you don't have an opportunity to sort of dig into it, but it feels to me like something is wrong in that locker room. They're not playing with the same spirit. They're not playing with the same confidence. They don't seem to understand what their roles are. Part of it, again, is out of Spoh's control because he hasn't had everybody available. Part of it is probably hasn't managed it perfectly either. He has and not. So, right. And, and, and you and I are both big Spolster def- defenders, but obviously that, that has not worked out that well. You think I'm a big Spolster defender? I literally, in a summer league game, uh, argued with I know someone that. for 10 minutes. I, I, I'm, I'm with you, okay? And I'm sure, I'm sure you're, you're, you're co- you know, you're, your play-by-play part, your, your analyst partner there probably would have something to say at this point. But, <laughs> but, but the point is, can, do you even think a move is worth it for them right now? Like, is it so broken at this stage? Or do you think that bringing in players, we've seen Pat shuffle the deck before and it gets, a, look, even like bringing in a guy like Chris Anderson, you know, off, you know, change the whole dynamic of the big three teams. I mean, do a 27-game win streak was spawned off of that. I, I know. They were 37-2 and two with him in the lineup, or 37-3. and three. Would you, I mean, is this the right time to make a move? Yes. Is it even worth it? Yes. This, if you're going to make a move, you got to make it now because you can't keep for, falling further and further behind. They, dude, they're one in seven in their last eight games and they're scoring 101 points a game in those eight games. That's awful to Alex's point earlier. And they need something. Uh, I, and Thad Young to me is perfect. He moves the ball, right? He, he but does he move the needle? Yeah, because he defends and he moves the ball. You know what I mean? Like he's not, he's not, he's a four assist a game type guy um, out of the power forward position. You know what I mean? Like he's like, willing to take all those open threes. I'm, I'm good with it. I just think they need more than one guy at this point. Oh, no, no, no. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying start there, you know, start with some small stuff that you know you can make happen. Um, I, I just, I prefer him over PJ Tucker in every way possible, just because he's bigger, he's stronger and he's younger. He's Thaddeus younger. Yeah. He's 32. <laughs> he that's your, that's your second good line of the day. All right. When we come back, uh, I, I want to talk about Jimmy a little bit. I want to get into that idea here of his window and whose window we're really supposed to be matching up with. Is it Jimmy's or is it Bam's? Because those are really two different things right now. But first, a word from Safe Cubbies. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. I first want to tell you about one of our most important sponsors. We've talked about them a lot, but now they've got new offerings. And as you know, COVID-19 is not gone. So you've got to make your environment, whether it's your school, you want to tell your administrator, whether it might be your business, maybe you are the boss, maybe you want to tell the boss, or whether it's a residence, you want to make the place safe. So you got to check out safecubbies.com. 
com. They've got custom sneeze guards and shields, and also they stock sneeze guards and shields. They do office partitions. Again, they work with restaurants, businesses, schools, and more. They do floor decals for the social distancing. They do the PPE and COVID signage. They also can put in the touch-free sanitizer stands with or without the branding, and they do branded face masks as well. And Safe Cubbies will come out and perform a safe sur- a site survey to provide a free estimate for you. And of course, they will do the installation. So reach out to them, mention five reasons. We've had many, many people who followed us. They've gone to them. They've been very, very satisfied. So check out safecubbies.com for all of your safety needs during the pandemic. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Got George Sonano from ESPN. I've got our guy, Alex Toledo. You can follow at Tropical Blanket. Um, George, I, again, I want to go back to something you said earlier. And, and Spolster even gave voice to this, which I was surprised about, like a couple of months ago. You know, we obviously saying that we understand that we need to sort of move this thing forward for Jimmy and that in the finals, he proved his worth where you got to. And obviously, when he signed with Miami, a lot of it was we're going to get other stars in here with you. Um, but Bam is the guy with no ceiling, right? Bam is 23. And I'm with Alex that like Bam has everything else except the type A personality that he's just going to dominate and take over every night. Should you really be pushing forward for Jimmy or should this be more on Bam's timeline? No, I think it should be on Jimmy because I think that, you know, Bam's ascension, you know, I think the problem with this team sometimes, right. For as great as they are at building a culture and developing guys, sometimes they try to accelerate the timeline too much. And we've seen that. Uh, particularly with guys they've tried to convert as point guards, Tyler Hero being the latest case. Josh Richardson was someone they did that with. Uh, and, you know, Josh is a nice player. I, you know, I, I don't think he's, you know, like this. I mean, they did it with Dwayne. They did it with Dwayne Wade. And, and prior to them, the previous regime did it with Steve Smith. There's, there's a long tradition of this in the Heat organization. Right, and it, and it didn't right work. Now. They, they had to bail on it. Yeah, they had to bail on it. So I, I just think that, you know, right now, you need to simplify things for people, okay? You know, yes, Bam had some great outputs when Jimmy was out, but a lot of them came in losses. And to Alex's point earlier, uh, I'll just expand on that. Bam is not at the stage where he can make people better. And I know people think that's crazy because of the numbers and the assists and the passing, et cetera, but he can't do it without another star on the floor. And I think that, what you find yourself in is a situation where you're in between. You've got Jimmy Butler, who is, I think, the most important player on this team, and Bam Adebayo with the guy with the highest ceiling. And you're trying to meld those worlds together, and that may not work. Just go back to the roles that you know worked last year. Uh, try to integrate some of the new talent you have. Obviously, easier said than done, because Avery Bradley's going to be out a month, it looks like. But find ways to give guys the roles that they had previously and get back to some familiarity. To me, that's the most important thing right now. You do that and defend at a high level, which has always been the backbone of this franchise, regardless of who's on the floor. And I think you can grind some games out. And but once George, you get a couple they- George, wait, 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 wait. Once ahead. you get a couple of W's on the board, and Spo yeah. mentioned this yesterday. Once you get a couple of W's on the board, everyone starts to relax a little bit and things become easier. Okay. I'm with you on the psychological part of that. And I did, like I said, I thought that these losses accumulating 
would start to hurt confidence. Look, when you when I saw I was at the game the other day, okay, and when you see you know when Charlotte's coming back, and the Heat had I think a five point lead at the time, and Tyler Hero is literally staring at a three for seven seconds. He's in the corner alone, yep. staring at a three. I'm like, okay, took a dribble. This right, this team's confidence is shot. Okay, I mean that to me was the best evidence of it. I don't know that they believe in each other anymore. I don't know if they believe in the moves that were made this off season. Look, they brought in three players. I mentioned it. They've gotten very little out of Bradley. You can say that's bad luck, but he has an injury history. Okay, uh, Harkless has been other than a one thirty minute stint has been pretty much useless. They re-signed Leonard. They were getting nothing out of him, and then he got hurt, and he's out for the season. So now it is purely a contract thing. Achua is the only real good thing they did this offseason, and they won't play him enough. I wonder if the confidence in that room, just in everything that's going on, like the whole buy-in the heat culture is starting to fade a little bit. And, George, you look, you were down here covering some seasons that just never get right, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the 06-07 season, I think we kept saying, well, they just get healthy and they start to care again. They won a championship last year, and it never got right, right? Right. What, right. Alex, why are you laughing? What's the No, man, why do you got to do this, man? You're gonna, but you're he's like, right. It did happen. Existence. And sometimes it's just, I just crappy like to luck. act like it didn't happen. That season was horrible, man. Yeah. But, and then there's crappy luck, like 14, 15, you know, like 14, 15, right. Where they had Henry Walker playing down or Bill Walker. I'm sorry. One of the walkers uh, playing down the stretch of big games with Michael Beasley. Like, there are just Henry some seasons that never get right. And m- maybe this is that season. And the other problem with it is psychologically, it's very easy to let a season like this go because, we talked about it before. Like to me, this was the asterisk season. So if you're a heat player and you can't get anything right, are you going to put in the same work that you otherwise would have put in where, again, you feel like the whole season's been stacked against you. You dealt with the COVID thing. Guys have been in and out. There are some guys who don't seem to care the way that they cared last year. And this is where seasons go bad. And the problem is they don't have their pick. So so there's not really anything else they do there. It's been traded 17 times, but Oklahoma city has it right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, here's what I would say to your point. I don't know if it's uh, just solely what you mentioned, Ethan, that it's like the heat culture, right? Thing that, that guys are not buying into at the moment. I think that that stuff starts to crack and erode a little bit. But I will say this because I saw this in LeBron's first year with the Lakers. When young guys who aren't used to being in trade talks are in trade talks, they crater a little bit. I saw it with Kuzma and Ball and Ingram and those kids. And Robinson, I know he's 26 years old, but he's a baby when it comes to NBA life, right? Um, Obviously, Hero is a baby. Uh, All these guys, those guys in particular. um, Well, none maybe also. I mean, I think think that there is some of that, like the psychological effects of knowing that the team was openly looking to trade you to have an upgrade. And I think that I, I saw it. I covered a team two years ago that went through that with the Lakers on a day-to-day basis. And I think that that's part of this too. I think what you're alluding to could be part of it. I think it's a combination of a lot of things, but I think those two things um, are the biggest factors, but I would say the stuff about the young guys being in the headlines about trades and whatnot. Some guys don't know how to handle that. Uh, some guys, even veteran guys can't handle it. Well, let alone young guys. Alex, to that end, if they keep this thing together, if they don't make a move, we're starting to see guys go out now. Again, Bradley's going to be out a month. We don't know when Harkless is going is coming back. Leonard, this is what happens to teams when they start to struggle is players get hurt and they don't come back or you don't know when they're coming back or the team holds them out. I mean, this has happened with the Heat before, too, even though they talk about no tanking and there's no reason to tank for them this season without the pick. Best case scenario, Alex, if they don't do anything. 
I mean, best case scenario, they they figure things out, right? Like they they there's a players only meeting, has them screams at them. All of a sudden, everything's good again. There, I mean, I, I to me, I do not understand the offensive struggles. They have the same exact core. They run the same offenses. Like they still have three great shooters. I mean, Kelly has not been that, but in theory, like they always have enough shooting and obviously they, they don't have the inside out balance that they used to like Jimmy and Bam are inconsistent uh, on a game to game basis. I, I continuing to collapse the paint. I think they get over reliant on the three and then their, their three point defense has been absolutely awful. Like I know that's, that's what it's built for. Oh my God. 48%, right. They're giving up. Yeah, no, they're giving up like that's that's really what's changed, right? Because it's the same defensive scheme they ran last year, but teams are just hitting the, the threes at a much higher clip. And again, that's why I just think they need more two-way players. Like you keep running this defense where, and I was saying this on the pod last night too, like on the backside of, of these plays, uh, you'll have like Duncan Robinson trying to split the difference between two guys, two shooters on the wing. And then boom, he picks one, they pass it to the other and it's a wide open shot. And you just see it over and over and over again. And it really just lulls you into sleep and into thinking that, you know, like, what is this team headed for? Like, can they fix this? I, I still feel, you know, deep down, like they can, but it just feels like the trades are necessary at this point. Like you're running Goron and Iguodala yes. into the ground. You're not yes. going to get the same level that they brought to you in the bubble last year. And it just feels like you're relying on the team to get really, really, really hot from three, which can happen. We saw that they were an elite shooting team last year, but it, feel, it feels kind of like a, a foolish formula to just kind of, Hope that everything turns around. Yeah, I, I'm with Alex wholeheartedly. Um, everything he said there, I, I co-sign. I think they need to make some sm some moves, big or small, but they need to make some moves to shake things up. Uh, to get look, they are they are running out guys out there that are just not playing at their usual level or even at an at an average NBA level in some well, cases. Well, there are guys, George, uh, there are guys, okay, if you look at the roster, and the next thing I want to get to is whether they made well, a mistake. Well, I'm, I'm, specifically I'm specifically talking about, like, Olenek that Alex mentioned. Like, Kelly Olenek has not been a good player for them this year. No, um, he, no, and, he is and, not. Yeah, and, and he's a, you know, top six rotation player uh, at the moment. You know, like, that's the reality of what they're dealing with. But to Alex's point, if they can make some moves, and I think there are moves to be had, they can get back in this thing, and if they can get – look, even if they were in the play-in range from 7 to 10, I wouldn't be surprised if they faced, like, the Knicks in, that, in like, a play-in, beat them, and then play, like, Milwaukee in the first round. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you feel good about their chances against Milwaukee in the first round? I would. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. You can't just throw that scenario out there where the Heat are playing the Knicks in the play-in tournament. <laughs> And yeah. not expect me to throw you to, to stop you right there. That if that happens, I think we all have to quit this podcast because that is just horrible. I mean, Jesus but, but, Christ. But but to George's point though, I, I I get it, and I've said the same thing. Just get in and figure it out. But well, because but, the but, time but, is but, but with out. every week that passes and every yeah. player that goes out and doesn't come back, they become weaker for that point. And so yep, I, I think that a lot of us, myself included have sort of said, okay, they'll fix it at some point. The players are here that went to the finals. I didn't view it as a fluke. I, we've all talked about the benefits that they've had because they're a good organization, good coach, et cetera. Guys came with the right attitude, but it's not a fluke when you beat a Milwaukee team, the way they handled them, when you handled the Pacers, the way I don't know the Pacers were beat up, but the way that they, they still had some good players there that they handled them beating a very good Boston team, the way that they did it and then taking two from the Lakers. Okay. Which might've been more if everybody had been healthy, that's not a fluke. Okay. So I keep looking at it and saying, okay, 
it's going to turn. They get everybody healthy. It's going to turn. I got people inside the organization, people who are associated with the players. It's going to turn. But at a certain point, and you, again, this is why I talk about seasons that just never get right. I heard this same stuff in 06, 07. Yep. I heard the same stuff in 14, 15. If we yep. could just get McRoberts and Cole out there with Dang, Bosch, and Wade, we're going to make a run, <laughs> okay? And it just never – they played 37 minutes together. And think of what we're talking about. If they can get McRoberts and Cole in the starting line, <laughs> okay? Okay? Like, but, but that's what happens some seasons. It just yeah. never gets right, okay? The same thing is, you know, Dion and JJ will replicate what they did in 16, 17. Hassan will play like a max player. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. And I'm starting to feel like with every loss and then you don't have the fans to drive you this time because you don't have as many fans in the stands. It's the weird thing where you can't even leave your house other than to go to the arena. I can just see a lot of guys just letting this season go. And sometimes on the court, it looks like that. All right. I, we got one more segment to get to with George. One final segment. I want to do some rapid fire uh, with him before we do. Before we do that, though, let's talk about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. It's our friends over at Seltzer Mayberg. You can find them right there in North Miami off of I-95, just south of the Golden Glades. If you've been hurt in a car accident on that same highway or a slip and fall, make sure you call the offices of Seltzer Mayberg. That's 855-5000-LAW. That's 855-5000-LAW. Or go to onecalllegal.com. That's O-N-E calllegal.com. You mention five reasons, you'll get a free consultation. That's right. Just mention five reasons to anybody down there. They've got 24-7 availability. They'll make sure you work directly with an attorney to get you the compensation that you deserve. Again, the website is onecalllegal.com or call and mention five reasons, 855-5000-LAW. All right, let's do some rapid fire here. And again, rapid fire, so quick. Uh, I know this was your segment way back when. What the hell did you call it? Rapid I did fire. call it rapid fire. There you go. All right. So I'm going to, I don't want to do it as well as you, but you're on the other side of this. Did the Heat make a mistake waiting on Giannis? Uh, no. You can't I pause think, during rapid fire. I get it. I was trying to think. Well, no, I think that where they, I said earlier, the mistake they made was not going after Oladipo. They still could have gone after Oladipo and still found a way to try to make it work with Giannis in the offseason if he was available. All right, Bradley Beal, next year is in. Man, that's tough. Um, Rapid fire. I know, mother bleeper. <laughs> I'm trying to think, but I, there's a lot of teams. There's going to be 29 teams interested in him. Um, Better not say Philadelphia. No, not Philadelphia. Um, I, I'll come back to it. Go. All right, John Collins, should the Heat be targeting him? I mean, I, I feel like John, at the what? Is he worth at his, at his No, he's not his, worth the max. His Absolutely level not. max is going to be. Okay. That's exactly my reaction. The what? No, he's not the worth what? the max. No, okay. he's not worth the max. He's a good player, but he's not worth the max. Okay, okay. LeBron MVP this year? Uh, I would vote for him or Jokic. It's one or the other right now. B biggest threat to the Lakers in the West is? Oh, it's the Clippers. Okay. I, who's next? You don't, you don't believe in Utah? No. I think that Utah, I'm with Shaq. Uh, I think that they're a nice team. They're a good regular season team. They're not. Never say you're that, with Shaq. That's not the thing to say here. All right. All well, right. I'm just telling you, I, I'm with him. Like, they don't, he doesn't believe in them. I don't believe in them either. I think they're a good regular season team. Um, I don't think that they're a team that can win a championship the way they're currently constituted. Um, I, I uh, and I will say this. I think that, I, I mentioned this earlier. I think the Nets are the next uh, biggest threat to the Lakers after the Clippers. All right, Kyle Lowry, does Masai trade him this year or hold on to him till free agency? 
Oh, I think Masai is an assassin. I think he will trade him if it if it makes sense. If they're out of it, yeah. Well, plus they're not in Toronto this year. I keep making that point. So it's a lot it's a lot easier to trade your franchise icon when you're not even playing at home. I mean, I was in Tampa. They're playing down the street, uh, playing down the street over there. All right, Joel Embiid. Do you believe in this? Can he actually lead Philadelphia to the finals? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's playing at an MVP caliber level. I think they've got a real coach who's putting um, real expectations on them. You're seeing that. I think Joel wants to be really good. Uh, he's in the best shape he's been in his career, which has been a big point of contention. And I think they can still get better because Simmons hasn't played as well as he's played in the past. And I still think he has the ability to uh, be a better finisher at the rim, which he's been consistently uh, throughout his career. Percentage chance. And then I'm going to let Alex ask the last one. So think of the one you want to ask here. Percentage chance, George, that the Heat missed the playoffs. I mean, are we going through the like top 10 is what you're saying? I'm saying that they missed the playoffs. Right. So they're not in the 10. Right. Um, oh, I, I mean, very small. I, I mean, I don't know, 5%. I think they're one of the, I think they've ended up being one of the 10 teams. I, I would actually go higher than you right now. And I can't believe I'm saying that. All right, Alex. I'm telling uh, you, I, I can see this playing out. I know Alex gets mad. Heat Knicks play in. And then all of a sudden it's Milwaukee in the first round. And all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, where are the heat coming from? Like it, they, if, if they make the right moves, it, it I think it's possible. Like, so I don't think it's great the, for all be, the crap. Look for all the, the stuff. Phoenix of the bubble. So, right. So for all the things I've said, I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility that they can still make a run. I just think to your point, Ethan, they are running out of time and it, it's going to run out a lot quicker than they think. All right, go Alex. All right. So I have a couple here first now with the price being on Victor Oladipo, what it is. And you know, the fact that him and PJ remaining for ages, I say there is a table. I mean, the deal on the table for them too, but you have to give up Tyler hero knowing that these two are going to be free agents. Would you do it? Obviously, it's more than just hero in the package, but uh, would you do it if you're the Heat? Is Bradley Beal off the table? Well, I think we, I think we're kind of expecting him to, you know, for that stuff to resurface in the off season. Let's just say um, he's still playing the same games he's been playing. No, I would wait it out if that's the case. I would wait out to sign Oladipo in free agency and then try to make the salaries match and give them all the picks to Washington, if it involve multiple teams, whatever you got to do. Uh, if Beal is still doing this dance, then I, I would try to sign Oladipo with the 30 million. I think they'll have in cap space, which is what 4 million less than the max and try to convince him to take that. It's going to be ugly when the wizards get eliminated by, by the heat in the playing tournament. But uh, no, the, the real last question I have for you here is Miami, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, which one of those teams isn't making the second round? Right now, it's Miami. Oh. Right now, it's Miami. He's got him in a um, play-in game. I mean, does that count? It's a second round. I mean, that's, we're talking about – Let's say they're in the mix, right? Let's yeah. say, like, yeah. they're, they're, they're above the play-in. I don't know. They're the six or seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. A traditional eight, yes, beyond the play-in. Yeah, um, I, right now, it's the heat. I mean, that clearly can change. I told you that, like, 10 seconds ago. But I think that can change. Um, if, I, if I were going to go Bradley Beal, I'm thinking about it now um, – I man, it, it's crazy. I, I do think Denver can be a sneaky team in here. Like I, I do think that they are a team that I don't think anyone is thinking about with him. Is Hero um, a better prospect than Michael Porter Jr.? Because I think he might be. No, hell no. 
Get out of here. <laughs> what is Porter showing you that he's so much better at hero? At? Michael Porter Jr. is a walking 20 and 10, and neither of them play defense. Okay. So, like, there you go. But yeah. So, I, give me the guy who's the more skilled player offensively and can do more. It's tough right. because I was going to say Porter gets, if anybody gets, uh, you know, People people will try to hunt Tyler Hero off a screen or whatever. Oh, Porter gets just as much. He gets hunted just as much, but oh. I guess he's got more size. Beal. I got the Beal team that I didn't think of. The Warriors. They've yeah. got so many assets they can give up for him. Mm-hmm. They've got that Minnesota pick, which we know it's going to be bad in perpetuity. Um, you know, they got Wiseman. You just um, slide Clay to the three, basically? Yeah, yeah. As he coming off two leg injuries, uh, of course, yeah. that's the smart way to do it. No, it makes sense. I, I, I can't say Clay's name because I, I, I like Clay, but he shouldn't have slandered our guy, Rodney Magruder. All right, last, last yeah, one. Oh, no, Magruder needs to, needs to learn. Rodney. I, I like Rodney Magruder, but Magruder needs to learn his place, too. No, he's just sticking up for his teammates, man. Oh, God. He went too far. Draymond went too far. He went after Rodney and Ellington, two of the nicer guys that he'd have had. All right. Well, I like Wayne a lot. Yeah. All right, like final one. Final one for you here because, again, you and I both follow followed Riley's career pretty closely here in Miami. Uh, if he doesn't get it right here between now and the off season, does he walk away at this point? No, because you don't think so. Cause no, I, it I felt like last someone. year, last summer was the perfect time to walk away. He put them back in the finals. If he'd walked away, then nobody would have blamed him for anything. No, I know, but you know him. Um, he, he's got to win. Like he told you back in 2014, that if they win the championship, he may not stick around for the parade. That's what he's waiting for. That's what he, I, and even that I've talked to people. Um, yeah, I don't believe him either. I, I, I've talked to people who are no longer with the organization, but have been part of the organization in the past who all chuckle when I ask them that question and say, man, Pat's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll see how that plays out. All and right, it George. wasn't LeBron just so you know. No, I know. I, 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 I believe you on that. Uh, yeah. I will say, I will say this. Actually, you came on and suddenly I'm more negative than you. I don't know how the hell that happened. All right, follow him at Sedano. Follow <laughs> Tropical Blanket. Don't follow me since I'm getting blamed for the whole Malik Monk thing from the other day. Yeah, we need to we need to bring George back on when the Sixers are out in the first round and the year in the second round. I I, I don't I, think that's happening this you year. You know, you know, right now I'll say it. I'll close with it. Right now, I'd rather be the Sixers. Good night. Wow. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. <laughs>